What's shaking? Welcome back. And today we are going all in. Constantina Malia is my guest today, and I'm excited to speak with her because, I mean, she's seen as a polymath in entrepreneurship, branding, store design, jewelry design, style, and fashion. And that word has been coming up a lot for me lately. I don't know why. It's just how the universe is doing things, I guess, the word polymath. So, Constantina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. So, we're going to talk about some interesting things today because you are in the jewelry business, you know, amongst a whole bunch of other things. Is that your primary role? That's my primary role. I tend to wear a few hats as a creative person, but... Um, that's the main source of my income and that's what I won most of my awards for. So yes, that's really cool. You know, I don't have the info about your awards in front of me, but let's talk about those a bit. Um, well, I think from, I came out of business school, I didn't come out of design school. So I knew it was important to, to establish myself, at least get visible. So one of that ways to do that is just go to the trade shows and, um, my first trade show, they were like, oh, you have to enter this competition. I'm like, what's that? And they're like, well, if you win, you know, you, you get this label and they give you a free booth and all the press is done for you. And so I was like, well, might as well try. And um, so I got it. That was Rising Star in 2006. That's awesome. The, you got a free trade booth by doing this because you won an award? Yeah, because um, at that time, the, the trade show was super booked, like like eight years out. You couldn't even pay to get one. It was very, very high demand. So with the competition, they gave you the booth. And they made sure that everybody came to see you who was important, like Neiman Marcus, QVC. Wow. Um, yeah. That's awesome. What won you the booth? How, how did you win? What was the, what was the amazingness you did? Um, well, people had noticed me at my first show in Tucson that were industry um, stalwarts. You know, these guys had been in the business forever and they saw this new kid on the block and they thought I was talented. And so they took me to the application booth and they said, you have to apply for this. And I was like, I, I really was clueless. As I don't understand, like, just, just stand here answer the questions, <laughs> fill in the application. And uh, yeah, that was June of 2006. Wow. That's incredible. It's been uh, 16 years since then, yes. obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, if, would you see, say that that was really kind of like the start of making it almost like your, your, your breakout um, moment? I think there's so many dips and turns in the road that it's, it's very hard to say. It was the beginning of creating an identity, for sure, um, in an industry that isn't always very welcoming to newcomers. It's It's got a lot of old people that have been around a very long time. It's generally generational families. Um, I was also coming at it with no background, no family connections, nothing. Um, and just this idea of what I wanted to create and who I wanted to wear it. So even from that perspective, I was coming in at it very, very differently. They, nobody was doing really social media. A lot of these families didn't even have a website, you know, in 2008. For them, having a website was a big deal. And so, you know, being the generation I was and from uh, the training I was, by luck, my designs were good and the quality was outstanding. And so that gave me an in. But it was really, I think, uh, that I was much more strategic and pragmatic 
and it wasn't just like, oh, this is the way it's always been done. I, I questioned everything and I sort of reworked it to suit me. That's a fantastic way to look at things when you're taking a look at an industry, because I'm doing the same thing in, in cybersecurity and saying, well, what's what's not right here? You know, yes. why are things going the way that they're going? And yeah. there's another phrase you, you said, too, that you got lucky with that your designs were good. But it, yeah. Do you do you like using that word? You know, I'm going to I'm going to play. Devil um, yeah. I mean, if, if you're if you're gifted. How else do you term it? Beautiful. I love that. Exactly. Um, It's an act of God. I don't take any responsibility for it. It's very easy for me. It's still awesome that you decided to make a choice to dive into this and because it's it sounds like it's a very I don't know the jewelry industry that well, you know, but it sounds like it's, a, as you've said, a very difficult. I, I think when I say pragmatic, I really mean pragmatic, like yeah. nothing to me is wasted. So if I have this ability, what am I going to do with it? And yeah. if I'm going to use it, then how am I going to use it to the best of my ability? And how am I going to use it that it serves other people as well? And how am I going to use it so that it has um, integrity and a legacy that I'm proud of when it's all said and done? You know, like, that's why I'm saying that everything has to have a purpose and a function. Yeah. That's really cool. So. Instagram. I mean, you're a Malia Collection at Malia Collection. I mean, yes. your designs are freaking gorgeous. Thank you. Know, you. A, it's a super impressive. And in this booth, are you in? Because I, I mean, I don't shop women's jewelry that much. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I had men's jewelry too. Um, do you? I just I didn't see those. Okay. Yeah, and my my guy clients are very very loyal because there's very little out there for men. Yeah. Um, right on. Yeah. But my men's jewelry was in the silver, and um, labor just got very expensive to keep doing the silver. So you can justify what it costs to make it for the material. So I just, uh, two years ago, I stopped, and I just stayed with the gold. I, I had to focus on something that streamlined my life. Um, my clients tend to be loyal, period. Um it's a it's a very symbiotic relationship. What I yeah. create becomes your part of your life, and and I think that there's a a separation and there's there's also an integration. That's like I'm you, and you're me. But at the same time, what I've created is completely you, and so my identity becomes melded in a way. Um, they're one of a kind pieces, which is my way of respecting who has what I create. I, I think everybody should be revered as an individual. I'm, I'm really against sort of like community. I, I'm, I'm about community in terms of doing things for the better good. I'm against community and sort of like losing yourself in, in, in a collective. I think that that part of me is, is very North American, individualistic and entrepreneurial and a pioneer. And I think one editor called me a maverick. So um, <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. So, if I'm hearing you right, because I, I don't think that you are carried right now or you, by intention. No, right? I Very stopped pragmatic. working with all the stores and I stopped doing retail relationships 10 years ago. I found them to be very difficult. Um, they taught me a lot. It was uh, an encyclopedia of information I really needed. Um, I absorbed it and then I was done. 
<laughs> basically i was like okay i'm i'm out of here um well this is where that I word polymath to, comes in right because it went me this is where that word polymath comes in right because it's a person yeah, of self actually it was one of my so funny you use that um even though i think i'm a linguist it was one of my first trunk shows i was in santa barbara california standing behind the counter at Saks Fifth Avenue and this guy who clearly knew what he was looking at, you know, was looking at my case and, and was obviously quite impressed. And so it seemed he had a lot of business acumen. He was some sort of a, a consultant to different business, Julie businesses. So I thought, well, I need to pick his brain. So I invited him out so we could talk more um, to see if I could get some pointers from her. And he's... I'm always wearing my designs when I work. I design fashion as well. And he had worked with Ralph Lauren for a while. So he's like, you're a polymath. And I'm like, I'm a what? And he's like, you're a polymath. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> and that was the first time somebody threw that at me. I love that word. It's a, it means just, you know, a broad range of learning, a well-learned individual. And then there's another word that couples with it very well too. This is like, I didn't know we were, this just came up the other day, but we're going to like vocab lessons today, right? Right. <laughs> Language lessons. There's a, there's also autodidact for everyone listening. That's yes, self I would need that as well. I would need yeah, that as well. Right on. You can be an autodidact polymath, like an, yes. an, an adjective to where you are self-learned, self-taught on a wide range of topics. Yeah. And I think that also comes from learning to read very young. Um, I, I was a bright kid and I was by myself quite a bit. So I read my first 250 page book in a day when I was six. Oh, awesome. And so I just plowed through books and, and I know a lot about horses. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty well versed on a variety of things that I would just sort of dig into and get interested in and then just devour it for a year or two and then move on to the next thing. That's so cool. I love that. That's almost like a, I don't want to call it a disease, but I, I get the same feeling at being an entrepreneur myself where it's, you, you get to one thing and this is why I never was very good in school. And I, I, I say very good, but I mean, I didn't get amazing grades because I hated the homework and I yeah. hated the homework because I already absorbed the information. I was like, just give me the freaking test. And then I would like, ace the tests, you know, get, get super high A's on all the tests. But my overall grade would be dragged down because I just didn't see any point to do the homework because I felt that I had already learned the lessons and I already had absorbed right. the education. There's, on a, that there's a lot of failings within the traditional academic systems. There's oh no boy. Problem. Yep. You would give me yeah. a soapbox for this one. Yeah. For sure. and, and I think, um, one of the greatest fail failings is to give to children. Because it's assumed they're smart enough to always, and that they're always going to have an advantage. So, like, why do they need any extra attention or help? And it's so grossly unfair because they they need so much extra support because they're not normal in a yeah. way. You know, they're not mainstream. So... That's pretty awesome. I'm glad you see things that way. My kids are very similar in that. And it, it's... I hope that we're on a bit of a renaissance 
when it comes to public education, at least in North America now, after everything that we've gone through the last two years. And I, I'm really hoping that things go, don't go back completely the way that they were. And we can have things like different paced learnings and, and more targeted learnings to better suit each individual child rather than just grouping them in, in with everybody else. You know, and yeah. this, isn't, this has nothing that to do with... That kind of ties into a bit where I started from about being... The collective, which is yeah. uh, a, an educational system that serves any, everybody and yet the individual, where you address that, yes, everybody's different and unique and they need to be treated as such. Right on. Absolutely. That, that collective mentality has damaged the education system. You know, I've, I've been no, no stranger keeping distant to making those kinds of comments in the past, too, because I, I have kids that are in school and they've been in a private online school for three years. How do you feel about this? This is not the way I intended this to go. But I mean, you think about entrepreneurial mindsets, you know, and right. I know that's one thing that we share, you know, I, I think that I'm an autodidact polymath too, because I'm well-learned, but then if you want to call it a disease in this way, because I do start something, but then as soon as I get bored with it, or I th- really, it's more like, I think I've learned all I care to yeah. about that topic. I totally <laughs> then, get you. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm on to something else. Yeah. that's why i say like i'm I'm kind of tapping out of the jewelry in a way and it's very difficult to detach myself from it because everybody likes it so much and it's so visible and it's so easy to digest but it's 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 a dying art and this is a conversation i have every single day with the people who make my jewelry so my brain is already okay what's next like i'm not going to stop creating What's another format that I can use that's going to be gratifying and that will do what I want it to accomplish? And it's a different vernacular. Like that, I think, I I don't want to say, you know, drop a name like Leonardo da Vinci lightly, but I'm saying that was more normalized before, right? To be a sculptor, to be a painter, to be an architect, to be a thought leader, to, you know, like that was, that was being a Renaissance person. That's amazing. You answered my question that was in my head. It's like you're reading my mind before I even asked it. Because it's like, no, 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 you're good. I'm saying this is awesome because we're 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 in sync here. Yeah, that's right. The question I was thinking, it's like, well, how do how do you think that once you know, because there's a the audience here of of all in is very entrepreneurial, you know, or they or they want to be, you know, at some point they might be in a, a younger demographic of like. 20 to 25 year olds, right? So they're like, Oh, I want to do this someday, you know, so they're thinking about a side hustle. And they're trying to decide, what do I do, you know, because but then they jump on one thing, it's like, Oh, but you know, is there something wrong with me? Because six months later, I want to do something completely different. Yeah, but you know, like when I graduated in 2005, the you know, I was at the University of Arizona in Tucson, and our entrepreneurship program was small and very, very good. We all ranked Harvard and Wharton's at the time. So we were a really cool group, if I could say so, and pretty international. And they told us then that we would change our peer group on average six careers during our lifetime. Wow. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal. There's something that I picked up on what you said, though, you know, because how you said the jewelry business is a dying business. And that that question that I had rolling through my mind was when people like you and I and a lot of those who are listening get 
bored of, of something, you know, or, or feel like it's time to move on. But you have this amazing thing that you've already created. You know, it's not just the letting go, but then the way that you described it was so beautiful and that you transition because you're still a creator. So yes. it's still like the core of you survives and now you're just applying that gifting that talent to a different format so well you, you have to i think are the, you really changing <laughs> it's just the way you breathe like it's literally yeah. cutting off my oxygen to say i can't create i remember one designer who was older than i when i started saying um don't you ever get worried you're going to run out of ideas and i just kind of looked at her like this is the most <laughs> bizarre thing for her to, to me say right and for her, it was truly, I could see it in her face that it was a yeah. real fear. So very, very different experience of that. No doubt. You know yourself well, too, in, in that aspect. I've done Quite a obviously. lot of work on it. <laughs> that that would be one favorite field of study. And I, and I think the ancients went back to that. Know yourself. Like, it, it takes a lot of work. And I, and I don't think I'll be finished when I die, but... If you don't have that and you're not curious about that and you're not honest, and and I think it takes a lot of those qualities to succeed at healing because we're all damaged, um, to, to taking the wounds of life and using them as something to grow from, not to be weakened by, um, I think that's one of the most important parts of it all. Like you can't do any of the rest of it unless you're working on yourself and your mind all the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this application of what you're currently doing. So it's not necessarily that you change, like as you're looking at the jewelry business right now and saying, I need to apply this to something else. It's, it sounds like it's more of a, of an evolution, you know, cause the, the core of you doesn't, you're not changing who you are. Uh, no. Obviously, you're still a creator, you know, and I would be the same thing. You know, I'm I'm also a creator. I'm also an artist, you know, whether it's vocal, whether it's on stage, right. whether it's music, because I've done that. Music was a big part of my life for a long time. I'm talking like, like 20 years. I, I was semi-pro. And now it's like the, I mean, literally this show, like, like the podcast allowed me because I haven't even picked up my guitar more than I'd say 15 times over the past couple of years. And before I would play on stage to thousands, you know, and, and, wow. and sing and lead them. And it was just incredible experience. And then I used to think, Oh, well, what's after this? Because does this have to end? And then I started okay. realizing it's like, you know what, what if it just evolved into yeah. something different to where I can still touch masses of people and still be creative and still use every single one of the gifts that I have, my voice included, you know, my, my brain, my heart, all of this. And just it evolved into something different that still has now even a greater reach than what I yes. had before. And it's touching more lives and I'm having just as much fun and I'm just as fulfilled. It's incredible when that evolution yeah. happens. I hope that the, the thing is with me, I think I have to evolve into something more intangible because the artisans that I depend on to make my tangible things, which are a, a very high level, there's very few people trained at that level left anymore because it's a very old school About, training. Yeah. Um, that's where it becomes really challenging. And all of us amongst ourselves, we're kind, we know, we know we're the last of our kind. 
We know. It's not being taught anymore. There's nobody coming behind. I, I was lucky to get in by the skin of my chinny-chin-chin, you know, <laughs> into a business where I could fit in before its, it's, it's demise. Yeah. But the reason the goldsmiths love to work with me is because I challenge them and to work at their capacity which nobody has done for years because so much of the business has devolved devolved into automated computerized systems to produce the jewelry and that's not what they love to do and that's what i refuse to do so in that way we're we're a good match while we all can still do this because the goldsmiths are older for the most part and so their eyes, their dexterity, they, they don't have any, anybody working with them. They're training. So my, my best goldsmith that made my first pieces, he suffered from a really bad aneurysm. Then he had a stroke. I mean, he, cannot, he could not, has not been able to do the work for 10 years. And that's what's happened to a lot of them, especially because they were exposed to chemicals. They weren't wearing masks at the time. You know, you're talking about alloys and using chemicals in the jewelry. It's dangerous. And so it, it really affected a lot of them very um, negatively. This has been an incredible conversation, really, because, I mean, I, I've got tons of questions about the jewelry business in front of me. But this is just so much more interesting when you dive into <laughs> into a soul. And and just to say, it's, it's good timing, too, I think, for our conversation, because you're at this this point to where things are shifting in your life. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that I feel is most of the literal world right now is most of the literal world feels that there's like a shifting point in their lives because there's just been so much that's changed, you know, not even talking the last two years, let alone the last two months or two weeks with with different world events. It's so fast all the time now. Like I, I was in Paris for the first time in three years, 10 days ago. And it feels like it was months ago. Like, yeah. literally, it's, it's just so, so much all the time, you know, to try and, and... And like you said, we're not unique. Everybody's dealing with the same phenomena. And, and maybe in a few years, we'll be able to look back and try and understand better what happened. But we're just trying to survive it right now. Right on. Exactly. There's going to be a lot that shifts over the next couple of years, too. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, whether it's the great resignation or a recession or a time of prosperity, we're still going to absolutely see some shifts over the next two years. And, and Malia, I want to send people to follow you because I'm I'm following you now because I want to <laughs> see what you what you dive into next being a creator as you shift from from jewelry, you know, because your mind is brilliant. Your designs are brilliant. I want to see what you come up with next. Instagram nice. Malia Collection. You know, it's in the show notes, too, for everybody listening. And I have a LinkedIn address, which is Constantina Molina. Leah, sorry. And is there anywhere else we can send people to um, keep track of you? That's pretty much the principal parts. Um, I'm trying to, like with you, do more speaking engagements because that, that seems to be a pretty universal response. I was actually a, I was a prep school kid in Canada. And I was provincial champion in public speaking and debate in grade 11. Oh, wow. And, and so I've always loved communicating. I've always loved sharing information. I've always loved and being to do something that we're, we're, we're all inspired by. I, I think we, we just lift each other up. So 
I, I want to do a lot more speaking engagements for sure. That's awesome. Maybe that's your next shift, right? Just like Maybe. I, just like I moved my creativity and from music into, I mean, I was speaking at that point too, but also into just other avenues, you know, and, and building a, a large public company, which is also creative strategy. It's pretty right. cool to touch people, right? And then into something like a podcast that reaches all over yep. the world. There's so many amazing things out there. Constantina, thank you for being on today. I thank appreciate it. Thank you for having me.